0: Welcome to this edition of The Sourced Week in Review. My name's Michael Crutcher, and as always, joined by Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael. Another week of the unexpected news. We've had it all year. It seems like we're not even a quarter of the way through the year, and there's been so much news we didn't expect. It was uh, Shane Warne earlier this month, and now another sporting Legend this time, Ash Barty retires out of nowhere. It seems, but I know, shocking. Sure, we will come to that. uh, We will mention that, but we'll start off with just with uh, one that's a bit on more on the serious side, but one that we just wanted to look at in terms of the way that social media can not only really fuel a story, it can start a story. And we've seen that this week. There's been a story that's received some media attention uh, involving a student at a uh, well-known school and allegations of um, a serious matter involving that student media outlets have reported on that. And it was a story started by social media, a video that was taken and a video that found itself onto social media At what seemed lightning speed that um, video was uh, sent to uh, media outlets now we do lots of work with schools but we're not involved with this story so we are speaking as observers here but noting from where we sit the pace with which social media has Mm. driven this story so the the, mad, the video was posted to social media, it then became a topic that I know media wrestled with greatly as to how they would uh, report on this story. Uh, in my time in media, uh, this was not an uncommon scenario in saying, well, what stories do we re- report on and what stories do we ignore? This was a, quite an unsavoury um, chain of events Um, But when you have a bunch of people talking about things on social media, um, it can be very tempting for media to say, well, this is being spoken about very widely. As a media outlet, where do we sit on something that's getting people's attention but we don't report on? So it's never a straightforward way to decide on these things but they are certainly decisions that every outlet takes differently and some have obviously published some stuff this week but I guess the example for this and where we have worked on stories that have involved matters that social media has fueled not always social media has started but social media is fueled this one is is different than that what you do uh, with that because as fast as you move, the story is moving more quickly on social media. I guess the viewpoint that we normally take is that you sit down, you very calmly make decisions and you start with what are the, the audiences involved in this particular story? There are multiple audiences in matters like this and each of them has a different perspective on it and a way to be dealt with that is particular to them, because in your response to these things, especially when you're looking at stories rolling around on social media, in your response, you have to try to make things better. Mm -hmm. So you can't rush into something, react with emotion and risk making things worse. So I guess what we've looked at here is just the way that this has been done and a lot of stuff that people from the outside can't see, we can't see – this would have been a difficult situation. And, Jordan, you did look through social media just to see the way this story moved and you, you had some observations about what happened.
1: Yeah, I did have a look through social media because the uh, the way that this story came about was through a um, something being shared to social media and uh, that piece of content is very hard to find now. So, And that's actually played into this story a bit. Um, what I've seen on social media is a lot of students from... Various schools around Brisbane, uh, you know, having heard about it through the rumor mill of schools, it's how it works. It spreads quick. They've heard about it and they want to see what's happened. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's hard to find. So they've people are creating their own videos or content about it and um, saying, "Oh yeah, I've, I've got a copy. You know, you can see, you can you can learn about this here. But uh, follow me for that access." So they're leveraging having a copy of this content as a way to attract followers and build their own audience, which is quite strange. So they're preying on this situation in terms of boost their own platform? They are. Um, This is predominantly happening on TikTok, I noticed. Uh, There's plenty of videos on TikTok where kids are sort of taking a comedic approach to the situation and, you know, there's plenty of hashtags uh, that are used which really they um they identify who's involved quite clearly which is unfortunate um and um yeah look it's it's troubling how how quickly it spreads across social media i think some of these kids need to have a think you know in in further down the line just you know what what is the impact of posting on social media i think this is a great example of what can go wrong Yeah, of course, I was at school, Jordan, way before social
0: media, but I do remember how stories would spread like wildfire um, between schools, but then there were stories often spread on the train network.
1: Yeah, 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 the train or the bus. Yeah, train, bus. Fantastic.
0: They would, you know, students would mix in the afternoon and info would come back the next morning, Mm -hmm. unless someone rang your landline at home. Oh, goodness. You know, getting back a bit, but uh, you obviously (laughs) came through a different era to me, but... The, you know, you were right, you were, what you found was quite interesting in the way that social media was talking about this at frenetic pace. So then again, if oh you're yeah. trying to make decisions about it, I, I just can't emphasise enough how sometimes the deep breath, sit back, analyse the situation, make your decisions based around that proper consideration mm-hmm. rather than rushing in, uh, risking slipping over and making it worse. That's it. I think out of this matter and obviously feel for everyone involved in that matter um, to who's been in, in involved in it involuntarily mm. um, just what they will do from that and I'm sure there'll be learnings in terms of uh, for anyone watching these things certainly at the, the pace that these things change but you know that's um, that's been one that I'm sure a lot of people in Brisbane this week have spoken mm. about and um, let's see where it where it does go on to something a bit different and better news we mentioned ash barty at the start of the show he the podcast ash barty she was so good at the australian open (laughs) and wimbledon jordan bittersweet she's gone what's your reaction
1: my reaction i was completely shocked I was in here, I was just looking, doing some uh, some news clippings and yeah, I just refreshed the page and bang, right at the top, Ash Barty's <laughs> retired at 25, could not believe it. I think I was in a meeting and I just
0: checked my phone on the way out. Well yeah,
1: I looked for you because I wanted to break the news, <laughs> it's rare that I get to break news to Michael, so yeah, you weren't here so I missed the opportunity.
0: <laughs> uh, and a story broken on social media effectively with yeah, the video done. Yes,
1: it was good. So put on Instagram,
0: so... Oh, look, I think, I know, how, how can you not talk highly of Ash Barty? I know. But this comes back to something we work on all the time with our clients and that is, I guess, really picking the personality traits that you want and defining those traits. Mm-hmm. So I've never met Ash Barty before. No, neither have I. Uh, but I reckon she'd be a fantastic person. Yeah. And so how have I made my mind up on that? Because of what I've seen of mm. Ash Barty on, you know, in interviews, et cetera, the way she holds herself around a tennis court. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's a really, really good person and quite inspiring. So we've worked on this all the time with clients, whether they are individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to go back to work with state of origin players who would go and play in front of three million people on TV and, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> and people would form an opinion on them, but they wouldn't know who they were in terms of in the person. Yep. So they actually form their opinion and put that opinion through social media, mm-hmm. reinforcing things, so either. And it's the same with businesses, organisations, schools, governments, whatever. Mm-hmm. Humans always put personality traits on, um, you know, different entities it doesn't matter if it's individual or not Mm -hmm. a lot of people who mourn the passing of Shane Warne wouldn't have met Shane Warne no Uh, I met Shane Warne on many occasions as a cricket writer so that was a bit different in terms of my reaction to that but it's been something where Ash Barty has been the great example of someone who has showcased their personality to others without ever meeting them Um, but I'm sure she's genuine and I know yeah I don't know of some athletes over the years who have not been genuine in their public persona, they've got away with it. They've managed to keep away some of their weaknesses and managed to make it look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how, how we rolled. Jordan, you, you haven't met her, but you've seen the impact of her. And on social media too, it just dominated the
1: day. Yeah, no, I've never met her. Would love to meet her. But, um, yeah, I've never met her. I was just as shocked, I think, as everyone else in the country was when uh, – when she announced her retirement, so I was uh, I was one of the many awake watching the Wimbledon and the Oz Open, cheering her on. Um, but social media has been good to observe since she announced her retirement. Um, in terms of the content, a lot of the sports and the betting sites are um, are putting up memes that they've created of depicting her as a royal, <laughs> so the Royal Ash Party, and I think it's fitting. Um, lots of influencers and mates on social media too are posting pictures they. Whatever they connect with or, reach or reposting something from Ash's account, sort of wishing her well and singing her praises. Um, there's also been plenty of news coverage, which is you know expected, mm. and plenty of those stories have found their way onto Facebook and the various news outlet pages. Now most of the stories are pretty, pretty much just announcing the retirement. The mm. the commentary on those posts is super supportive, super positive. Yep. Everyone loves Ash, party Yeah. Now today, there's been two stories that popped up. One that talked about her selling her property to staff, and another one, you know, detailing an alleged conversation she had with Pat Rafter around the retirement of years prior. Yeah. Um, Goodness me, goodness me! You say a bad word against Ash Barty, (laughs) readers were quick to jump to her defence. So. In my mind, and I think the way Ash has held herself, she's essentially untouchable. That's the way yeah. everyone treats her. She's pretty untouchable.
0: Um, and she's earned it, hasn't she? And she has. It, it's one thing what comes down to is what we talk about as well. It's 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 the power of the opposite, a power of a story when something happens that people don't expect. Mm. The death of Shane Warren <laughs> being one, mm. Warney's not here anymore. It's such a shock. Yeah. Ash Barty retiring it's the power of the opposite. What, she's just won Wimbledon, she's just won the Australian Open, she's 25 and she retires. I know. Those stories go gangbusters because it's the opposite thing to what you expect to happen. And I think we saw that this week with Ash and uh, let's see what she does in the next chapter of her life. At least we've got those great memories. I even, some of the... Sports shows I follow in the US where they look very much at US only things. Mm. Ash Barty's retirement generated it significant curu- coverage. Serena there.
1: even tweeted at her for it. Serena Williams.
0: Yeah, so yeah. again, the power of the opposite. So uh, good know.
1: luck, Ash Barty. Well, I do hope she emerges in something else. Selfishly, and uh, <laughs> we can cheer her on again. I do, I do wish that. That's
0: a- now, we talk a lot about sport on this podcast, but more the business of sport, mm-hmm. not so much the retirements, but a really interesting report from Nielsen this week, Jordan, that came out and gets into some of those areas that we often talk about when it comes to sport. We talk about sport and its value to free-to-wear television audiences um, and to free-to-wear in terms of having content there that's ready-made, successful content. Um This report took it a step further in breaking down the impact of sport in terms of modern communications.
1: Yeah, so Nielsen, for anyone who isn't familiar, they're a global leader in audience insight research. And so they've released a report recently which analysed how consumers have watched sport over the last two years. So the thick of the pandemic, really. And yeah, as you said, given how much we discussed sport, I thought it was worth um, looking at more, exploring a bit more. So it was actually quite a thorough report. So we've pulled out some of the main takeaways and uh, we'll get through them at a decent pace, I think. Um, The main, the first takeaway I should say is that consumers control their viewing experience more than ever. So a few points make up this takeaway. The first being that this study found in the US that consumers spent 32% of their TV time, so you know, sitting down watching a game, They spent that time connected, uh, using TV connected devices. So they are your phones, your tablets, so your Androids. And that data was recorded around September last year. So and while, while they're watching, yes. they've also got another device. Yeah, while you're watching the, the rugby for example, you, you're sitting on, on your mm. Facebook and you're looking at all the, all the commentary there. So that's up from only uh, 8% a decade earlier. So it's a massive increase. Now... Connected devices in this sense are the great amplifier of content and that's why we use them so much. So real-time highlights, behind-the-scenes audio, in-depth stats, those are the sorts of the things we're looking for when we're using these devices because it brings more to the viewing experience than just the TV broadcast itself. Uh, texting your mates too to talk about what's happening in oh, the game? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I do this <laughs> furiously <laughs> some days. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, The other point in here, so access to content continues to expand. So 40.7% of global sporting fans are now opting to stream live sports events through digital platforms. So your KO, your Stan, your DAZN, your Twitch. Now, this is because these broadcasts, much like having the... TV connected devices enhances the viewing experience again and a good example of one I had recently actually was with Formula One They just started the yep. new season yep uh, with KO I get four different camera views so I've got a camera in the car I've got yep. a live map tracker I've got a pit lane camera and I've got the normal broadcast yep and plus all the stats that come along with it this is why people are moving to these digital platforms because it's a better experience overall yep. and yep. less ads yep now, following on from that, non-live sport content, so, you know, content at sport, you do not watching live on the broadcast. Yep. That's on the rise, particularly among young people, so Gen Z, um, they present an array of opportunities for rights holders and brands alike. So what they found was that roughly 44% of, percent of of fans, pardon me, aged 16 to 29, would be happy to watch a replay and were happy to watch a replay of a live sport broadcast. And interestingly, this is only 0.4% less than those who tuned in to watch it live as it happened. I'm really surprised about that yeah, one. Yeah, I am too. I, I thought it would be, be interesting. In, yep, thought so it would be lower. Oh, so yeah. did I. I. I had a look um, into some other research to find out why, and what I sort of discovered was that it's just really being led by the young people. When you get a b- the yep. older age back, it's that gap widens a bit. Yep. But um, young people seem to care a lot about where they lend their time. So if someone tells you, for example, the Lions played last night but it was a shocker, they're not going to go back and watch yeah. that. I don't have to lend my time for that. That's yeah. time wasted. But if I go to you and tell you that the Lions had a brilliant game last night, it was a cracker of a game, mm. they m- they're quite happy to go back and watch mm. that whole game again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that aspect of it.
0: There's some interesting takeaways from that, I think. What you mentioned, those, the ability to be in control and, you know, we keep talking all the it time is. about the power of the consumer. <laughs> I know last night I watched a bit, um, last night was a crackingly good Thursday night of sport. I had a, a split my screen into four on KO, which is to watch, um, the cricket test match from Lahore, the NRL match, the AFL match and a just unbelievably entertaining NBL game between the Brisbane Bullets oh. and the New Zealand Breakers which has got what one of the finish. most ridiculous finishes I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. And and young people will go back and watch that one. It oh, absolutely. was a crazy finish. So being able to be in control of those four things... Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> I think, you know, I'm an older person, but I can see the way that younger people engage with that. Mm -hmm. The thing that surprised me was I always thought that the advantage that free-to-air television had was with the streaming side of it that people didn't really want to um, watch live sport on replay as such, Mm -hmm. like you do when you sit there and binge TV series. That sport had to be live. You had Mm -hmm. to watch it live. But those numbers surprised me. But I guess they're an example of the way that changing habits are and the way that people are consuming content now. So that will be interesting, I think, for especially as the competition from streaming services to get um, television rights for sport keeps going. But there were some other uh, takeouts as well, Jordan, from that.
1: Yeah, so it's just sort of following on from that comment you made about video there, um, one of the other findings in the report talked about video-based social media and how that complements live uh, sporting experience. So we, we spoke about how everyone's using TV connected devices. Now this looked at what sort of content's going up. Um, this area has grown massively for fans who are eager to play a role in, in content creation themselves. So TikTok and Twitch led the way in this area with people filming their highlights themselves or their live reaction mm. to things or streaming the game, albeit illegally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Twitching and TikTok led the way, uh, seeing considerable increases between 2020 and 2021. Interestingly, though, Facebook and YouTube saw decreases of 8 and 4% respectively, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And that's the trend I noticed throughout this report too. Anytime that Facebook is put up against the others, like the TikTok, Twitch and YouTube, more often than not, is it's either losing out or yeah. made a loss. So I found that very interesting. I suppose it's a space that Facebook hasn't really, really engaged with all that much. Yep. So, I mean, it's until they, until they do, I just don't see it improving too much for them. So, yeah. Um, We've also had a look at, in that report, the way that
0: sports stars are seen as influencers and the way that they drive personal connections. Did you know what that report found out about that?
1: Yeah, so sports stars... Uh, are seen as influences and they drive personal connections. So what people told this or sort of was revealed in the survey, survey was that um, consumers view athletes as meaningful and personalised connections. Nielsen did a trust in advertising study and it found that people still trust the recommendations from you know their friends and family the most, more than anything else. But brand sponsorships in sporting events, including with athlete athletes, was actually second on that list. So we just discussed Ash Barty, um, mm-hmm. and
0: I know Ariane Titmus did a lot of uh, still doing advertising with, I think, Harvey Norman after the uh, Tokyo Olympics mm-hmm. last year. This is one area I'm surprised in Australia that it's not stronger because we compare this to the US, and in the US some of these big-name uh, athletes over there are in a whole bunch ...of different advertisements. Mm. Um, a lot of the advertisements are humorous advertisements. Yeah. Um, so... And, and I heard someone the other day talk about a very controversial NFL star... ...but they said... ...but my view of him softened after he took the mickey out of himself... ...in an advertisement. <laughs> so, you know, that's even with a player who was quite controversial... ...and that was an NFL quarterback called Michael Vick... ...who was involved in a dog fighting ring. um during his career so it was interesting to hear that person talk about that so even players with that background uh were in tv commercials now i just think in australia i'm surprised that it's not higher in terms of our love of sport the top shows of the year on free to air tv are invariably sport Mm -hmm. but we really just don't have that same level of sporting advertisements in australia as they have overseas i wonder if there is room to move that i know you have an inability in the football codes to get national coverage because the AFL players will get, you know, recognition in in Victoria, South Australia and Western Australia more than the Northern states and vice versa with rugby league. So I don't know if that impacts on it. Um, And in terms of cricketers who we know all around uh, the country in terms of the national summer sport, yeah, it's been a while since we've had, you know, we see some of the ads that, the Cricket Australia sponsors do together with Mm -hmm. a bunch of the Australian cricket players in. But just the individual ones, they're the ones that seem to really work in the US and obviously the data is there to show that people are open to seeing athletes uh, as influencers in terms of um, good associations.
1: They are, they are. But the big point there though is that when they see these sports fans, sorry, sports athletes in these advertisements, they do hope that, they are sort of championing the societal issues that they also believe in. One of the points in the report sort of revealed that although viewers do get around having athletes as influencers and uh, with brands, um, they don't believe that the brand that they're partnering with is, is, essential, is necessarily doing everything they can from that. So... Hopefully that improves in time.
0: Yeah, some real uh, influence here of younger generations mm. as well. And um, a good thing to see in the report as well, and we'll close with this point off it, is, is female sport yes. and just the, uh, the increased attraction of
1: female sport. Absolutely. So that was a, It was great to see it in the report, you're right. And it was focused around the sponsorships that um, occur with, between all the media and um, the right holders. And essentially what happened is in the past, the, the male and female sports has been bundled up into one big sponsorship deal. Whereas now with the increased interest in female sport, they've been able to unbundle that. And what that's done though is, you know, it's opened up varied opportunities to advertise to different audiences more effectively for for rights holders. In that case, so they're revisiting business strategies now, a lot of these rights holders to give uh, the widespread adoption of OTT, which we haven't spoken about yet, but that's Mm. essentially content that's delivered uh, via internet connection to your TV, so just your Wi-Fi there. So instead of looking at sport as a mass reach opportunity, which it traditionally has been, many are seeing it now as an opportunity to connect content with consumer spending. An example in the report was Amazon, They saw this with the English Premier League in 2019. They saw their highest number of prime membership sign-ups and they have similar hopes when they commence the NFL's Thursday Night Football next year. Oh, this year, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. They will have Thursday Night Football as well.
0: So that's that rise of those streaming services as well getting involved in the space that free-to-air TV's always played in. But I think this Nielsen report, it's worth checking out.
1: Mm, um, I'll link it.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll put the link in uh, in our socials on that. Have a look at it because there's a lot of really interesting learnings, which I'm sure we'll see more of more of in uh, in the years to come. Um, in terms of sport this weekend, plenty to watch. There's a cricket test that's ongoing at the moment, that I'm keen to see uh, how that plays out. We've got footy everywhere. Um We've got no Ash Barty, but uh, no Ash
1: Barty. we've got the mighty
0: Norse Devils at home on Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah.
0: First game at home. What's your weekend like?
1: Uh, it's a very quiet weekend. I think I'll be seeing mum and dad this weekend. Just, uh, just a parental catch-up. Been a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always a very worthwhile Indeed. thing to do. Uh, enjoy the weekend, Jordan. You too.